every single Christian, whether they're married, a single, widow, divorced, whatever their story is, Father, there's something for everyone. And so I thank you that uh, my tongue tonight is connected to my spirit. And I speak as I ought to speak the oracles of God. And you grant me the ability to do it with simplicity. So, Father, I declare that my preaching and teaching tonight will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but by demonstration of your spirit and of your power, so that the people won't stand in the wisdom of man, but they'll stand in the power of God. And Father, we'll give you all the glory for all the good that will come out of this service tonight. In Jesus' name, everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Just go ahead and love on one, maybe two people tonight. Tell them God bless you. Let them know you're glad to see them. And then you can be seated. I think there's a gift, maybe a couple of gifts of just writing songs on this platform. An ability to hear a message and then go back and pull the message together straight from the Spirit. I guarantee you it's up there on that platform. It's just a matter of developing that. The more we start talking about gifts of the Spirit, how many of the more manifestations of that you'll have? Songs will come out of the Spirit. All kind, I mean, we're not, we haven't sung all the songs that need to be out there. And there are a lot more that need to be birthed just from the Spirit of the people that God is dealing with about that. Every single Christian, now, We've said a, a whole lot up to this point. We've answered questions about why people could be single. We looked at Jesus' teaching on the subject of celibacy. Paul considered his singleness a gift of God. We know sometimes circumstances make being single the best choice. And again, males or females, if there's distress, you don't want to get married or be in a committed relationship when there's distress. Does everyone agree with that? All right, we said all of those things. We looked at the benefits to being single. The primary benefit is that you have the time to get. That is the greatest gift to yourself is to get your life together, right? And so gift that to yourself and then use the time that you have after that to serve God. It's very interesting that the advantage to the female was different than the advantage to the male. The male was obviously to serve God. So, ladies, you want a man that loves God more than you. And it's going to be demonstrated by his service to God. You can't say what you'll see clearly tonight. You can't say you love something and you don't serve it. Right? And and then you serve it with all of your heart. That's a strong indication of how he'll serve you and his family later on down the road. But for that single female, it was definitely the same thing there that she would have that focus, that gift of getting her life together, that focus of serving God and wanting to please God. But it said two specific things to her, that she would be holy in her body and in her spirit, right? And it's interesting that it said that to her because, ladies, we can't do anything to you that you don't allow us to. And so if you close the jar, we cannot get cookies. And it's interesting that he said that over there because, ladies, you all are powerful creatures. And if you just understand your value and your worth, And don't cheapen yourself by giving yourself to people who have not earned the right to have you by committing to you in marriage. I think it's going to be a real game changer if we can get that revelation back into the body of Christ. I was really strong amen from the ladies right there. We can get that revelation back into the body of Christ. We cannot do anything to you that you don't allow. 
So if you make it a priority to be holy in your body and your spirit, let me tell you something about a male. He will line up. Now, I was looking for the brothers right there on that side. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Then we left off talking about the disadvantages. We know physical desire and temptation is strong. How many people in here, married or single, would say amen to that? There's no question about it. Temptation, desire is strong, right? And so uh, let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 8, 9. Let's just read that. Then we're going to pick up all new information. Paul said, but I say to the unmarried, notice what he added with that, and to the widows, because widows are people who were married, but they lost their spouse. I mean, that's a different circumstance when you're used to having someone and being with someone and sleeping with someone, and then they're not there anymore. I mean, that's a different set of challenges than for someone who never, or, or, or they have never been with anyone, or they've made a decision to not, and some time has gone by. I mean, that's a different set of circumstances. So Paul added there by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, he said, it's good for them, the unmarried and the widows, for them even to remain even as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. We already talked about that, so we don't need to go back into that. And again, uh, if you know that you are uh, needy, then how many know you need to put boundaries in place, parameters in place? Scripture talks about staying away from the appearance of evil. So notice, if I'm not around the appearance of it, then I can't be in it at all, right? And everyone is different, so that's going to look different for every single person in the room. And really, the male is the one that should lead that charge. He should set the parameters, the boundaries for the relationship. But listen, ladies, even if he doesn't, you still should have your standards, all right? Now, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I want to show you something here. Always remember, too, I made this statement on last week. It will always be more tempting when no one is looking. So you always want to be in places where you can be accountable to other people, like out in public. I mean, you're going to, cha- you're going to be more challenged at home, in the dark, with no one else around, than you will be at a restaurant. Oh, Jesus, you're already making it rough on me tonight. Now watch this, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I want to show you something here. The Scripture tells us that the Old Testament was written for our admonition and for our learning, right? And so the only reason history repeats itself is because we didn't learn from our forefathers, right? And and typically, youth is this way. That's what happened to them. That's not going to happen to me. Anyone remember being young in here? Parents trying to talk to you. That's your story. That's not going to be my story, right? And so that's kind of what comes along with that. And so the Bible kind of gives us some insight into mistakes that others made so that we don't make the same mistakes. And it devoted almost a whole chapter for our learning. And let's pay attention to detail here. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, let's begin reading at verse 1. And let's make sure that we learn from and we don't follow these Old Testament examples. Notice what he said. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. So so I don't want you to be uninformed that all of our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. 
and are the same or ate the same spiritual food. And all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that right rock was who? Christ. Okay, so now we know Christ was in the Old Testament. Right? Again, you already know all those things. So now, but with most of them, and again, if you can highlight this, underline this, we're talking about over 3 million people here. Look at what this says here. But with most of them, God was not well pleased. Right, now, right away, I want to pay attention if, so I don't end up in a group that God is not well pleased with. It says, but most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. So from the time they left, people started dropping off. And so over a 40-year period, I mean, everyone didn't make it into the promised land. And he's getting ready to show you why, right? How many know God has a promised land for you in your future? There is a Egypt he wants to take you out of and a promised land he wants to put you in, right? They are on their way to their promised land, but they allow themselves to get distracted and they're falling off one by one before they actually get there. So much so, God eventually says, none of you all are going in, only your children who never learned the stuff that you learned. I won't hold them accountable for what they don't know. Isn't that interesting? All right, let's watch this now so we don't fall under this same pattern. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now, these things became our examples to the intent that we should right away not lust after evil things as some of them also lusted. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. So now we're talking about lust is anything that is forbidden, right? And how many know if you're single, that is a, te- a temptation. If you're married, that is a temptation, right? It's just life, right? So he says we're talking about now things that are forbidden, but then watch this here, idolatry. They were began to put things before God. So, so now they want to go after what's forbidden, and then they want to put what's forbidden before God. All right, follow this now. Because this is what uh, made God not pleased with them. Follow after evil things. Uh, idolaters are some of them, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. So remember the context of everything that we've been, we've been talking about. If I'm a focused single Christian, then how I many of what I care about is how I'm pleasing God? I'm not thinking about waking up the next day just to eat and what can I get into today. So what you see here are people who were unfocused and they didn't have responsibility. I mean, those, that's a recipe for disaster right there. Uh, and that's people that are distressed. So when, when a God doesn't have a job to go to, what is he doing with all that time? All right, let me try this side of the room over here. Or vice versa. I mean, when we have too much time on our hands, we get into trouble, right? So what we're trying to do is fill up that time with productive things. And you can look for a job like you have a job. I'm not, every day you can get up and go to work just looking for jobs. I remember one time I, I took a young man, I can't find a job, get in the car. Took him right to Wendy's. They're hiring. Wasn't that he couldn't find a job. 
So I want you to see the pattern here. So once you lose focus and now you're waking up to eat, drink, and play, how many know you're on this slippery slope now? A very powerful text here. Nor let us commit sexual immorality. Now, it's interesting. Look at the flow of information. Things that are forbidden. We begin to put things in front of us, right? Now it's all about having fun, eat, drink, and partying and playing, which leads to sexual immorality. So you'll notice a lot of people who get caught up in sexual sins have too much time on their hands. Don't look at me like that. If you look down, just keep looking at me. Keep looking at me. I want to show you how powerful this assertion is. So you see what leads to this. And again, I haven't been saved all my life. I can tell you, when I thought like this, when I woke up to just eat and, and play, trouble was every day. And the only reason I'm going to work is to get a check so I can play some more. I mean, I stayed in trouble. Anybody else in here know what I'm talking about? Don't act like you've been saved your whole life, right? especially if you've been on a college campus. It starts on Thursday night. And it goes through Sunday with very little sleep in between, right? I'm just, I'm being ready to keep it all. They come knock on my door. You thinking or you drinking tonight? Which one you doing? You thinking or you drinking? Because if you thinking, then we need to keep moving. And then how you know that just led to all kind of other stuff, right? Too much time. This stuff right here. Things that make you go what? So notice what this led to. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. Watch this. And in one day, 23,000 fell in one day. You all might remember the story. The earth opened up and swallowed them up. So obviously then God, now I want you all to understand, God didn't destroy them. I mean, these were the results of sin that were in the earth. But what I want you all to see is they were, in this uh, context, already killing themselves. See, so, so to not poison the young people that are watching this, the earth opens up. So we see this is not good for us, is it? And it's interesting that under the other ones, the earth didn't open up. It wasn't until it got the sexual immorality that the earth opened up. Again, the level of enthusiasm in this room, can you, you can cut it with it. It's just thick in here. so much energy in here and enthusiasm. You all getting anything out of this tonight? It's good stuff, isn't it? Right. Notice on the other ones, the earth didn't open up. Once it got to this, oh, Lord, let's not poison these young minds that are watching this. Okay, let's keep reading. <clears throat> Nor let us let them tempt Christ as some of them also tempted him. And again, when we're talking about here in this context, you know, whatever he did for them was not good enough. You all remember when he gave them water, they got tired of that. When he gave them manna, they got tired of that. How many of you got to learn how to be thankful? 
Oh, gee. I said, how I many of oh, you got to learn how to be thankful and never be ungrateful? If you have a job right now, you better thank God that you have a job right now. Don't be unthankful or ungrateful. Whatever your situation is, thank God for being single. It's a blessing. Okay? And then he goes on to say here, and we're destroyed by serpents. Interesting. That's why they die. Nor complain, as some of them also complain, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Who's the destroyer? Satan. So it's interesting that being sexual immorality and being unthankful, you'll see what followed those was destruction. Sexual immorality, being unthankful, and then complaining. Interesting that complaining is ranked up there with that. Now, all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition, upon upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him, I'm going to go real slow with this, think he stands, take heed, lest he what? You understand what he's saying here? Do not put any confidence in your ability to keep yourself. You already know when you say, I've got this, you're all the way heading down. We can stay here all night long and won't nothing happen. How I many know that's you putting confidence in you and not in God? And I'm going to give you some secret sauce, some more secret sauce here in a moment. He says, therefore, let him who thinks. So now we're talking about a mindset. I can tell you, again, I haven't been saved all my life. Every time I thought I knew something more than God, I fell flat on my face. Every time I tried to do it my way versus his way, I got bad results because I was thinking I could stand instead of trusting him to keep me standing. You'll see where we're going with this in a moment. Notice what he said. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. So whatever you're going through right now, everyone has either gone through it or will go through it. And you know how the enemy wants to make us feel like No one understands. No, everyone understands because everyone has been through the exact same thing. All right? So no temptation is taking you, test or trial, but such is common to man. But underline this or highlight this depending on whatever you're using. But God is faithful. But God is faithful. So notice, he said, take heed. When you start thinking you can stand, you're going to fall. But if you learn that God is faithful then how many know God will keep you standing even when others are trying to make you fall? I'm going to show you what that looks like here in a moment. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tested or tried above what you are able. So there's nothing you're going through right now that God does not believe he has not already equipped you to not just deal with but overcome. So the fact that you're in it right now, you're the very person to demonstrate to your family, your friends, and everyone watching how good God is in your situation. All right? Watch this now. God is faithful. He won't allow us to be tested or tried above what we're able, but will with the temptation make a way of what? All right? So, so I want to go real slow here because this is a wrong prayer. God, remove this feeling from me. That's, that's not a good prayer. How many of y'all have ever prayed that? Take this fire away from me. Only to wake up the next day to realize the fire is still there. Matter of fact, if we could just keep it 100, I woke up, it was hotter the next day 
than it was when I prayed that prayer. I learned cold showers don't work. Watch this. And praying in tongues only worked while I prayed in tongues. It's almost like the devil said, how much longer are you going to be? This is single and married because the flesh is the flesh. All right? So watch this. Look what he said here. So he's not going to remove it. He's going to provide a way for you to escape it. Did you hear that? Now I want to show you something else. So that you may be able to bear it. Guess what bear it means? He's going to give you what you need to be able to remain under that situation and still win. Which means when I made a decision at 22 years of age that the next time I was going to sleep with someone uh, would be my wife on our wedding night, I mean, I had to remain under for eight years. And watch this. Somebody said, that that was for you right there. God ain't dealing with me like that. God's got something coming for me now in Jesus' name. I'm just being perfectly honest. I mean, I had to remain under for eight years, especially at 22, when you're at the height of I'm telling you, you just graduated from college, white Mustang in the driveway, $2,500 worth of sounds in it. Come on, you, you, you all understand what I'm saying. It's an abundance of opportunities out here. They're coming over every weekend, let's go. And you're saying, I'm saved, I'm going to church in the morning. You go back upstairs, your body is like, you fool, you better go. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? What I learned to do, which I'm going to teach you all tonight, what I learned to do was make a decision every day. I didn't try to make it another week. I just tried to make it the next day. Did you all hear what I just said? And I would thank God for the grace to get through that day. That's just one day. Then I wake up the next day and go at that day. And what has happened is 26 years have gone by of me taking it one day at a time. But the same feelings are there that were there 26 years ago. And I'm aware of it. So how many know then I've got to manage that? All right. Let's talk about this. Go to James chapter 4. Go to James chapter 4. Let's kind of get a scriptural picture of what this looks like. Okay? So remember, never think that you have it. Never think that. How many of y'all have thought that you had it to only realize you don't have it? Come on, don't be, come on, raise your hand now. Come on. So other people can be encouraged. Stop sitting there like that. Raise your hand if you were in a situation where you said, you know what, I can handle this. Now, can I just be transparent? Listen, I'm a married man. And I understand that if I play with that, I'm going to get burned. I understand that, so I don't play with it. That's the only way to overcome it. All right, watch this. James chapter 4. Good stuff. Good stuff. James chapter 4. Now, remember everything we just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Remember what it said, God will not allow you to be tempted above what, what you're able. All right, so you're not in any situation right now that you don't currently have everything you need to overcome. it. He's not getting ready to remove it. He's going to give you what you need to remain under and get the victory in it. 
How many of the lessons you need to learn in life that you can't learn them any other way but by going through this? Right? And it is the foundation for keeping you after you get married. You never learn the lesson as a single person. Marriage doesn't solve that problem. Watch this. Actually, marriage will kind of expound it. Most of the men I know who cheated on their spouse cheated while she was pregnant. You know why? Because you could go six to nine months with no activity. And if you never learn self-control, and you'll justify that in your mind, because they do. They say, well, she can't right now, so I don't love this other girl. It's just sex. And to me, that is horrible while your wife is going through that to have your baby. You, you, you need about 10 guys to come find you and knock you, boy, bush. I'm sorry, I'm getting off, man. I, that, you understand? That is just, man, that is horrible. And you're going to see some things, and now you're going to learn some things about being selfish. If you don't uproot that now, marriage is getting ready to just show you how selfish you really are. Watch this. James chapter 4, verse 7. Show you this process. Therefore, submit to God. See, God is faithful, right? I know he can't be faithful if you're not submitted to him. Submit means to come under his mission. What you're saying is, God, you're right and I'm wrong. Whether I understand it or not, I'm coming under that mission. So when he says flee fornication, then I'm not playing with it. I'm running from it. All right? Everybody clear? Therefore, submit to God. Then watch this. Resist the devil. Stand against and oppose, and he will flee from you. But notice, you can't resist if you don't first submit. So imagine trying to resist temptation, and you're not submitted to God. It doesn't work that way. You first have to be submitted to God so that you can resist whatever Satan throws your way. You all see how this works? This means you've got to make a decision. Some of you all need to make it tonight about your body, about the relationship you're in, about your choice of friends. Right? Because you already know. No one needs to tell you. No one needs to sit down, have a conversation with you. In here, you already know this is not healthy for me. Now it's just a decision. Am I going to submit to God? See, then he's going to be faithful, and he's going to help deal with the enemy and give you everything you need to keep the enemy out of your situation. Let's look at it another way. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. I've learned every day I have to get, make a decision that today I'm going to come under God's mission for myself, for my marriage, for my children. There's certain things that I confess every day that I study, that I read, so that it reminds me of who I am, right? And then I can live that for that day because I know there's a whole lot of stuff getting ready to come my way that day, that if I'm not prepared for it, I won't have nothing to resist it when it shows up. So I've got to wake up every day making a decision to submit. And that's a daily decision. I mean, I don't get credit for what I did yesterday. Right? Again, if I thought that, now I'm 
take, I better take heed because now I think I, I, I've mastered something. And I don't believe I've mastered anything. I think I'm one day away from messing everything up. And if I don't get up today and do what I need to do today, I can destroy 26 years of victory with just one bad decision. All right, go with me to, where did I tell you to turn? First Peter chapter 5. All right, let's begin reading at verse, mm, verse 5. All right, I'm going to help single people, unmarried people, widow, divorce, whatever your story is. It says, likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Everyone needs to have someone that you're accountable to. Watch what I'm getting ready to tell you very closely. Who has actually lived what you desire to live. Are you all listening? That's why you get me around Fred Price and his wife. When you're talking 50 years of successful marriage, I mean, I'm getting ready to sit down and listen to how did you all do that. And I asked him, I, you mean you've never cheated? I asked that question. I, I asked that question. If you say you can ask me anything, that's one question I want to know. Have you been faithful to her the entire time? That's important to me because that's going to determine how I listen to you from here on out, at least on that subject. All right, so watch this. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the what? Elder, everyone needs someone that they're accountable to. So if you're single, I mean, you need to hook up with somebody that's done what you're trying to do, or at least hang with people who have the same goals that you have so that you all can help keep each other accountable. So likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, yet all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with what? Humility. You know what humility says? I need you. I can't do this by myself. I need your prayers. I need your support. Pray for me. Let's pray with each other. Let's help hold each other accountable. Hey, I know me. If I get in these situations, that's not good for me. I mean, you need people who know you and can ask you the tough questions. I'll be on a vacation in two months, 14-day vacation. I already know what the first day looks like. We get the family settled, and then we go for a walk. And then my best friend and I, we ask each other the tough questions. How are you in your marriage? You've been faithful to your wife. Have you done anything inappropriate? And this is the covenant agreement that we have with each other. That if anyone lies, then we turn them, turn them over to God. And I mean, I don't want God judging that situation. I'd rather judge it myself. How many of that's important? And every year, because I know, actually, this happens about three times a year. Every time I know it's coming, I, I think about it all the time because I want to be right when I'm in that moment. I want to be able to say again, I've never done anything to violate my marriage. Right? But that accountability helps keep me in the middle. When my flesh is like, you've been good for 26 years. One time not getting ready to mess up 26 years. How many know that devil will start talking to you? You'll make a decision to be celibate. Make it three weeks. Ooh, after three weeks. <laughs> Never done three weeks before. 
How many now you're starting to trust you? Just take it one day. I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. And just let all the time go by. All right? Be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the what? Now, I'm going to show you in this context what proud people are. Proud people don't believe they need other people. They don't need an adult, somebody better, or somebody has done what they're trying to do, telling them what to do, and they don't need their peers telling them what to do. I mean, that's a proud person. When no one can talk to you, wow. God said, I've got to resist you because I put people in your life to help you. And you're resisting my help now. Isn't that good? So God resists the proud, but notice he gives what? Grace to the humble. What are humble people? I need God, I need my elders, and I need friends. I mean, that's a humble person. Right? Watch this. Casting all your care upon him, for he what? Cares for you. Be sober. You know what that be sober there means? Don't be intoxicated. You'll notice, I can tell you for me personally, I never made a good choice under the wrong influence. I never made a right choice under the wrong influence. Matter of fact, when I came off of the influence, I automatically said, what was I thinking about? Anybody else in here know what I'm talking about? So be sober. You're going to have better judgment when you're sober. Would anyone agree with that? Be vigilant. See, be alert. Why? Because your adversary, real clear who he is, the devil. So when I'm not sober, my judgment is off. When I'm not alert, how many know that's when stuff can creep up on me? Right? How many of y'all have ever found yourself in a situation where, how did I get in this situation? I'm going to tell you something. Your judgment was, was off there, and you were not paying attention. Right? Because there's a process you can go through. There's certain people that come around me, I automatically know God didn't send that situation into my life. How do I know? Because of how I'm responding. I'm uncomfortable. I mean, as soon as I notice I'm uncomfortable, I need to remove myself from it. I'm a married man telling you this. I can sense chemistry between me and another female, just like she can. And usually if you develop eye contact, it's real clear. So I've learned as soon as that eye contact is developed, <laughs> don't look back. Just keep walking. Come on. Say, I, am I preaching right? Come on, married men. Don't be scared. Am I, am I telling the truth? Don't, am I telling the truth? I can sense when there's chemistry just like they can. And then there's going to be some kind of eye contact. And if you're smart, you're going to move right on out of that situation. If you're not smart, not being sober, your judgment's going to be off, right? If you're not paying attention, you're going to end up saying stuff and doing things that you're going to regret later. Whom resist, once again, listen to the same language, steadfast in the what? All right, in the faith, trust and reliance upon God. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are what? But the God of all grace who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you suffered a while. 
Now, here he's not talking about suffering from sickness, disease, your bills not being paid. But after you've been able to remain under for a while, see the context there? You've been able to remain under for a while. Notice what it's going to do for you. It's going to make you complete. I mean, you need to know for yourself that you can do this. And it's something about that that's going to say to you, man, I feel good about what I've accomplished. Notice the completeness is not going to come from another person. You're going to feel complete in him. And when you sense that you're complete with him, how many of you know now you can be complete with someone else? See, in the kingdom, one plus one equals one. You've got to have two whole people. Everyone has to get to a place where you are totally sufficient in him. Watch this. And you don't need other people to make you complete. You think you need a relationship to be complete. That very relationship is going to make you feel so incomplete. I just said a mouthful. Once you become complete, then it takes all the pressure off of the spouse to be something that they can never be. So watch this. You, you'll get to a place in a marriage where whatever they give you is a plus, and you appreciate that. Let me get any married people willing to say amen. amen. I don't put any pressure on her. Whatever she gives me is a plus, and vice versa. If I get it, praise God. If I don't get it, praise God. No big deal because I don't need that to complete me. And then notice what he said, I'm going to establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. Which means now you've got the right foundation in order to be whole going into a relationship. Right? How do I know when I'm not whole? Somebody says they don't want to be with you anymore, and you go bananas. A whole person will say, really? All right, praise God. (laughs) Didn't work out. God bless you. God has something better for me. Someone that's not. Oh, why did they? And and spitting venom and talking about all kind of stuff. Putting posts out there and trying to defame their name. How many of that's a person that's not whole? They're not complete. I promise you, I know you all think this is far-fetched, but if I walked in the house tonight and there was another guy in my house, I would be disappointed. But I'd walk over to him and I'd say, man, I appreciate you. I would have never known this had I not come home and found you. You got to go. Get your stuff. Get out of here. <laughs> and, and, and watch this. And life not getting ready to be over. Not, not by no stretch of the imagination. You I'm, I know that's going to be hard for you to believe, but that is the truth. I'd be disappointed just like any human being would react to that. But lose it and, and go to jail over something like that? No. Never. <laughs> you all see where I'm going with this? When you get two people in a marriage like that, because she's the exact same way. She can live with me. She can live without me. I mean, oh, that's healthy. 
I know that. I could live with her. I could live without her. She knows that. I mean, that's healthy. So there's no pressure on each other. We're not fighting all the time because why? What is that going to accomplish? Good stuff, isn't it? How many of y'all glad you came tonight? Man, I'm telling you, I wish boy, somebody would have told me this when I was 10. Instead of all that other foolishness they were telling me. Let me get through this. So now, let's get through this piece, and then I'll let you all go for the night. Let's talk about the danger of loneliness. Let's talk about that. Let me give you a definition of loneliness. Now, whether you're married or single, I'd write this down. Loneliness is characterized by, this was interesting, or causing a depressing feeling of being alone. I'm going to read that again. Characterized by or causing a depressing feeling of being alone. It can also mean without company, and it means isolated. So in other words, this person, whenever they get by themselves, they become depressed. They become depressed not because of what they don't have. In reality, they don't like themselves. We should never confuse loneliness with solitude. What you'll learn, many single people enjoy solitude. And married people. Solitude, by definition, listen to this. The state of being or living alone. To enjoy one's habitation. Absence of human activity. I need that every week. (laughs) At least once a week, I need solitude. You get ready to think I'm joking. Where I don't want to be a husband, I don't want to be a father, I don't want nobody saying, Pastor, can you pray for me? I just want to be by myself, relaxing, and enjoying me. Watch this, without any human activity. The goal of being single, folks, is to get to a place where you have solitude. What does that mean? You now enjoy your own company. Think about this. If you don't enjoy your company, let's just use common sense here. Why would I believe being in a relationship, someone else is going to enjoy my company when I set it off all by myself with nobody else around? I'm walking around finding everything wrong, talking to myself, going off. Yeah, nobody's there. Now put people there. I don't even know if I should try to unlock this tonight. Because this is deep, folks. And it's the foundation for marriage. You'd be surprised how many people are married who don't talk. You'd be surprised. Don't. Man, I don't know when the last time they, they slept together. This is common, folks. I'm not talking about an isolated situation. This is common in most, a lot of marriages. 
understand what I'm getting ready to tell you. They will use that as a weapon when the Scripture clearly tells you not to do that. And it calls it a crime. It calls it fraud. I couldn't imagine <laughs> laying next to that woman. And it's on locks. Really? And you're going to understand why. It's all connected to what we're getting ready to go through. And I don't like myself. I don't want to share myself with other people. Now I'm punishing someone else because of how I see myself. And when people are lonely, folks, and isolated, it's a dysfunctional norm to see everything negative. So even when someone's trying to do something good for them, they can't see it. And they'll turn a good situation upside down. And every attempt the spouse makes to be good, that dysfunctional norm will flip it right upside down. And, and they'll seek to punish them more, not because of who they are, the other person, because of who the individual is. Okay? Let's. Loneliness can lead to depression which can render a person ineffective in their service to God. Let me show you how this impacts everything. When I don't see myself right, I don't want to do anything for God. How many of you have to understand the same way I treat God, the same way I'm getting ready to treat other people. This is a very good one here. When a person is lonely or alone or isolated, they become self-centered. They make everything about them. Listen to this. Living alone makes it easy to become set in your own ways, which means you're not changing for nobody. And let me tell you, please don't get married if you don't want to change. My God, the day we came home, she changed everything. I'm like, really? And then I realized I had to change in order for this to work. I thought I was doing something for her to tell me I wasn't doing nothing. <laughs> I'm being perfectly honest. Thought I was being a man. She began to define for me what a man was to her, which was quite different than what I thought a man. And at the end of the day, I had to either grow up and become the man she needed me to be or stay stuck in my ways. But if I'm not humble, nobody can talk to me. Remember that? Isn't this good? It can lead to depression, render one ineffective in their service to God. You become set in your own ways, and then you forget the how or to need to accommodate others. Isn't that good? You know what uproots all of that is serving. This church should be full of singles serving. 
should sit the married folks down. You got kids. I got this. Let me take care of this. You don't need to serve but once a month. We'll take, I'm talking about you should be focused. See, and it's an indication of where you're at, how you see yourself. You don't want to give of yourself when you don't see yourself right. And you think the answer is a relationship. It isn't. A relationship is going to show more of and put a magnifying glass on more of that. Because to have a good relationship, you cannot be selfish. You have to be selfless. And it's all about giving. It's all about changing. It's all about growing. It's all about listening. It's all about being uncomfortable. It's all about how do you manage conflict. It's all about when you didn't do anything wrong, can you still handle somebody saying something to you? I'm just going to stop right here. It's just too good, folks. I might even, this may even be the, the uh, good Thursday night message. I mean, God, no, I won't do this on good Thursday night. But this good stuff right here. So if you don't have a goal while single of enjoying solitude, you don't want to be in a relationship. Okay. How do you uproot that? Start serving. Start giving of your time, giving of yourself, making that a priority, inconveniencing yourself. You know how many small fires start in a marriage over a last-minute change? I could be on my way home tonight. Babe, can you stop by the office? I left something on. I stopped by the office? What are you? How come you didn't see? It didn't require all that. It's just a simple, yes, I can go by the office and get that for you. Or I might come in tonight. I love green tea. She may already be in the bed. I only like it the way she makes it. <laughs> this is reality. I may come in tonight and say, hey, babe, you know, I know it's been a long day for you, but can you, can you make some of that green tea for me? <laughs> make the green tea? What are you? I'm asleep. Covers flying all off. You better Or she could be a good wife and say, yes, I can. How would you like it? You want your hot one or you want your cold? I'll say tonight because it's warm outside, my cold. And, and I'm tell you, it's going to put so many good deposits in my heart. Y'all ain't ready, y'all? And what we master, folks, is just how to say yes. And we've made a commitment that we're just going to serve each other for the rest of our lives. Now, watch where I'm going with this tonight. Watch where, I mean, not tonight. We won't get there tonight. This is all the foundation because where I'm getting ready to take you, you're going to see in a marriage, I don't even own this. So I don't even have a right to determine what I do with it in this marriage. This is simply to serve her. How she wants to be served. Listen, she don't have a right to say no. All that going to the gym is for her and me. 
and I have a right, even tonight if I chose to, to come in there if she sleep, Johnny, and tap her on. No, I don't want to tap you on your show. I'm going to pretend like she right here. How you feeling tonight? Because I'm feeling something tonight. I'm feeling something. Now, she's got to make a decision in this moment to be a good wife. You don't get all this stuff together. See, and what helps, like Tamika, the music part. Tamika might have to call somebody. Somebody else didn't show up. Tamika might have to call another person, single person, and say, hey, such and such can't be here tonight. Can you get here? Because you'll do a good job with this song. Ah, oh, why are you calling me at the last minute? Blah, 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 blah. She shouldn't have to hear all of that. Just a simple yes or no. Don't need all the extra on top of that. But let me tell you, if the person can make the adjustment, they are preparing themselves well for marriage. Serving is going to help uproot a whole lot of selfishness, a whole lot of self-centeredness. Now you have to make it about other people. So you're going to see he uses that to prepare you for your promised land. There are going to be times where you're going to serve with people. Wait till we get into this. Who you like, then he's going to make sure he allows some people to come into your life that you don't like. And guess which ones you grow under? The ones you don't like. Because in your marriage, there are going to be times when you like your spouse, and there are going to be times when you don't like your spouse. I know you all don't believe that, but there are times I don't like her. I love her, but there are times I, I don't like you right now. In this moment, I, I don't like you. I know there are times she feels the exact same way about me. Watch this guy. Two married couples on here. You don't like him all the time, do you? And sometimes if you could, boy, you put one right there on the knocker, wouldn't you? And you just pull it on back down in Musa, right? So, Jesus, you handling. Let me just be what I need to be, and you handling, right or wrong, and vice versa, right? Now watch this, this anointed couple over here, right? Well-educated couple, too, but there are times with all that education and success, you are like, I don't like him right now. There you go. She said, Jesus, build a fence right here. Am I right or wrong? Let's see, see, stretch your hands over here right now. Come out of him. Come, come up. In the name of Jesus. All right. <laughs> and, and so all of that is helping prepare you on how to deal with marriage. So you're built to be in it for the long haul. Because it's not all going to be rosy. Let me just stop. I'm done for the night. You all get anything out of this tonight? Good stuff, isn't it? Good stuff. Good stuff. Let's lift our hands to the Father. Praise God. Praise God. Let's lift our hands to the Father. I am enjoying this more than I think you all are. Just studying this has re-blessed me, if you understand what I mean. Just even helping me grow in my marriage. Let's lift our hands to the Father. Thank Him for what we heard tonight. Go ahead. Talk to Him right there out of your own heart. Uplift Him from your heart. Even more importantly, ask him to show you yourself tonight. Show you what adjustments you need to make. 
Where areas do you need to submit? What areas do you just need to surrender and say, God, I'm done. I'm done doing this my way. I'm getting ready to come under your mission. There's no better time than right now to make that decision. Like I said, I made it at 22. It was the greatest decision I could have ever made in my life. It's to make a decision about my body. I'll never forget in my bedroom, in my prayer room, I remember making that decision. 22 years old. I'm committed. God, I'm coming under your mission. Not going to do that again. Next time I'll be on my wedding night. I didn't try to make it eight years. I just tried to make it one day. Anything that you're ever going to accomplish in life is going to come by first you submitting to God. Once you submit to God, then you can resist everything else. He's going to give you the ability and the power to do it. And so while you're reflecting and just sharing your heart with God, and I'm sure God is sharing his heart with you by the Spirit, I'm sure he's revealed.